Hello, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we have a duo interview. We have returning author Megan Crane. Megan, thank you for coming back. Thank you. Happy to be here. And we have, I believe for the first time, author Nicole. Nicole, welcome. How are you? Good. Thank you. Excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you joining us today. Congratulations on your first release as an author duo, Hazel Beck, Small Town Big Magic. How does it feel to have a book out in the world? This book feels fantastic because it took like so long to get it out. <laughs> so long. We started planning it in 2019. Well, we want to get into all of that. But before we do that, how did you all become friends? So I couldn't say like the exact moment. I just know like we met at um, the RWA conference 100 years ago. <laughs> I mean, it had to have been like two. Like, I only remember because... I remember my first conference was the year after I had my youngest son. So I know it was 2013. Um, I don't think I really talked to Megan that year. But then the following year, um, I was rooming with our friend Macy Yates. And I pretty much followed her wherever she went. Um, And that is how I was introduced to Megan. And I know just over the course of, I don't know what year it was, but that we would talk more and more. And then I think we each sort of took each other's book from the conference one year thinking like, oh, we'll just be nice and take this person's free book and um, <laughs> read it. And we're like, oh, wait, they're actually very, this is actually great. <laughs> um, and then it became, it went from from that to sending each other our books to sending each other chapters as we wrote books to um, Megan and Macy coming mm-hmm. to visit me in Missouri. Well, can you share with us an elevator pitch for Small Town Big Magic? An elevator pitch, yeah. So I think one of the things that we used to sell it to our agents was, you know, everyone calls the Midwest the flyover states because the witches want it that way. Ooh, okay, okay. (laughs) I like this. I know. (laughs) Well, the book is, it's the first in your new series. So it's a series called The Witch Witch Lore. Tell us about writing the book as an author duo. Well, you know, it took a long time, as we said, to to kind of get to this point. And, and part of that was figuring out how that worked, because we're both very mm-hmm. prolific, independently of each other authors who have very busy schedules. And neither of us had, we had worked before um, together on um, the Jasper Creek collections that we do, which is four, no- four novellas, uh, connected novellas. Um, that we put out each year with HQN. Um, So we had kind of worked together on a project of connected things before, but figuring out Mm -hmm. how to write as a duo. I'm not sure we've, we've written two of them. I'm not sure we've fully figured it out. You just kind of do it. No, we just do it. We just sort of hope for the best. (laughs) So what, what's the process like? What does, um, do you just trade chapters back and forth until you decide it's good or? (laughs) Kind of. We have one of us sort of charges ahead and the other one comes along. And then at some point it's like a tangle of who did what, when, like someone, someone sent us like a chunk of it today and I didn't remember who wrote it. Okay. So like, are y'all, cause the first one is out already. Is it like plotting? Like, are y'all plotting it out together? Like, I I can't even imagine, but like having read it, I'm like, it does feel like one person wrote it. But knowing that Good. two of you did is incredible. And like, y'all are in different states. So it's just like, it's magic. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> well, I would say a lot of this project is magic. So we sort of came up with the idea 
And we just knew what it was. So I think the first book, I would say we talked about it less in terms of plot while we were writing it. I don't know. It felt to me that we kind of just knew what, what we what we were doing. Whereas the second one, I think we, I don't know, you tell me what you think, Nicole, but I feel like we talked about like what was happening more. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when, when we first came up with the idea, we were together. And so there was a lot of back and forth and hashing mm-hmm. out just the sort of crux of what this series was going to be. And that has not, you know, all gone to plan, but like that was the seed of it. And yeah, I think because we spent so much time trying to get the first book right to sell, um, it was a lot of just writing it um, and it sort of coming from those early conversations. And then the second one, we kind of had to sit there and and talk more about where it was going. And I think, you know, we have a very good mm-hmm. idea of the like sort of overarching thread or plot, but each book can kind of do its own thing to get there. So as we go through each book, it's just, I mean, Megan and I talk all the time anyway. Like, yeah. And we, we, I mean, we're on text constantly. Yeah. You shared when we, when we had our interview with you, you said like, it took a year of pitching. Like, <laughs> oh my God, literally a thousand times. I don't know why, like, I don't know why our agents kept reading it. It was like, we kept, they were like, okay. So over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> Quite frequently, we're on the verge of giving up. I don't know how many times I was done. Well, the book is set in St. Cyprian, Missouri, which excited me. I am from uh, a town called Sedalia, Missouri, where the state fair is held. Uh, but this is a mid oh, this yeah. Midwestern yeah. river town, which... I just loved because that's what where the Mississippi and the Missouri River meet. Um, mm-hmm. And it feels like a character within the story. The book is so atmospheric. Y'all just absolutely nailed that. So can you talk about the inspiration behind St. Cyprian and just really capturing that sense of place? It certainly was. It is a character to us, I think, because it was really influenced and inspired by um, Megan came um, with our friend Macy and visited me here. I live in outside of St. Louis. And we went to St. Charles, Missouri, which is, you know, near the confluence of Missouri and Mississippi. And it was Halloween. Um, It was a gloomy, like rainy, cold Halloween day. And the town was kind of deserted because it was crappy weather and Halloween. And it just felt very atmospheric, magical. And and yeah, (laughs) it's just, it really was, it felt like being in the book. Um, I think that was like such a huge part of us not only coming up with the idea but like not being able to let the idea go no matter how long it took just because like it really felt like that could have been that day that weird day could have been you know a scene from the book and it was a really weird day you know we would look down these alleyways that sort of shoot right down into the river and the wind would be sort of a little too cold and it was like what you know what if there were witches there you know what if what if this what if that we went into the little bookstore that they have right there in saint charles which is called main street books i believe and it just was the perfect, it's exactly the bookstore that you want to walk in. It's like your dream independent bookstore. You just want to step inside, particularly if there are witches about. And it had, you know, sort of weird little, and I say weird in the best way. Like even you go upstairs, right? Isn't that where like the cooking books? It's like, it looks like a, just everything about the place yeah. was so cute. It was like, this has to be a book. And so we put it in a book and then it became Emerson's bookstore. Well, so it sounds like the witches was it an immediate no-brainer for you when you wanted when you came up with the cast of characters. Uh, did you ever consider anything different? I don't think we did. I certainly don't remember considering anything. No, I have a distinct memory of being like, I want to write a paranormal romance because I love paranormal and I want to write it in the Midwest. And Nicole said, if you write a book 
in the Midwest without me, I will kill you. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do something interesting with the heroine Emerson and her identity as a witch. What inspired the choice to have her learn who she is in the story rather than have her already aware when we meet her? Because I'll be honest, like it threw me a loop for a loop because when you first meet her, she's talking about Sarah Wilde or Sarah. Is, was her last name Wilde? The Salem witch trial, Sarah, mm-hmm. who's like her hero. And so I'm like, okay, she knows she's a witch. But then the story unfolds and you find out not so much. So what inspired that choice for her? Because I loved it. It feels like you're getting to know everything right along with her. But why did you all go that route? Well, so actually, in the very first version we wrote, she did know that she was a witch, but she was she was very powerless. Like there was no mind wipe in the first version. And then as we did our 8 million versions and back and forth with our agents, you know, we kind of were like, And I can't remember if an agent said something specific or if we came to this conclusion on our own, but it was like, we realized we were writing an amnesia story. So she couldn't, she couldn't know, like, otherwise she was just kind of like the sad blanket. Um, And she, well, that was the the feedback we kept getting, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We kept getting the feedback that she was like a sad sack. Which she becomes the opposite of, um, but um, but yeah. So um, so it just at some point it crystallized like this is actually like she needs to not know, and and then it becomes the amnesia story, and then you do get to learn along with her, and I think that sets up you know a four book series much better than than everyone knowing everything right off the bat. Well, yeah, and then once we yeah. got her once we got her voice, which literally took a year, so many other things fell into place because she's such a fascinating mm-hmm. character. You know, we thought we just thought it was so funny that she would learn she was a witch and be like, "Oh, huh. Well, now how like amazing am I going to be? Like I'm already amazing. <laughs> now, look, you can't stop me now." Cuz we just thought what an interesting take on that, you know, not having to go lie down and cry or whatever, you know, have a more Uh, the reaction I might have to finding out the things that she finds out. She's just sort of like, bring it on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because of the witch rules and laws, everyone else around Emerson knows who she truly is. The lore feels so believable and real. How did you come up with that aspect of the story? I think it was in talking about what the world was like, you know? And so once, once it was clear that she couldn't remember, it was like, how, how are you friends with somebody who doesn't know who they are? Like, what does that, what does that look like? You know, do you, how do you protect them? How, or how do you, particularly when it's Emerson who doesn't want to be protected. So she, I thought that was another thing that was really fun about writing her was that, you know, you can't just have people sort of protecting her. She, she doesn't think she needs it. She thinks that she's the one who's in charge of everything. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, stems from those like when we said like we were just walking down St. Charles and saying like what if what if and I think that's all world building really is is being like well what if this happened then then what comes next and it's just there's sort of organic you have to build out from those what if questions. Now did did fleshing out the world building and the magic system and everything was that kind of the same way with that you wrote the the rest of the book with the characters and stuff or did did any uh, any rules get uh, get vetoed or anything like that? <laughs> Well, one thing that happened was that we got like one small note from our first editor who was like, well, I wonder if you would sort of like, what was it like write out the spells or something? And it seemed like such a tiny little note. And then it kind of changed the entire way that we approached the magic in the book, which is really interesting, which is why you, I 
would like march in the streets for how great editors are. I love them. I love working with them and the ways that they tend to sort of love your book as the way that you do. And then just two little notes can change everything. But um, I do think a lot of it was the what if and the what if, but also um, who the characters were. And one of the benefits of having that entire year, which didn't feel like a benefit at the time, let me hasten to add, but one of the benefits <laughs> is we know all these characters really, really, really well, like really well. <laughs> yeah, you've you spent a lot of time together. <laughs> we have. <laughs> okay, so talk about Jacob North. How did he present himself to you and his his romance with Emerson? Well, the thing, the one thing I remember, you know, again, this is like, four years ago three years ago whatever um but the one thing i do remember sitting there talking about it was um we were like well basically he's like luke from gilmore girls like he's been in love with her forever he's Mm -hmm. grumpy he's not going to show it and that kind of changed based on how emerson changed and how we changed a million things but like that was like the core uh inspiration for his character like the little seed that started it and that he would be a farmer Mm-hmm. Well, the side character, Elowin, has one of the best mic drop quotes about banning books in the story that we love. Do you two have a favorite side character from the story? I mean, who doesn't love Elowin? I mean, she's so <laughs> snarly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting when she's the main yeah. character, which is what we're going to write I next. I know. Okay. Yeah. I was hoping Elowin was going to get her own. Oh, yep, yeah. She's book three. Even like uh, um, Emerson's familiar, Cassie. <laughs> I put in my notes in my phone. She's like, don't be a dumbass. <laughs> I love all of these characters. I'm so glad because we love them all. It's hard to talk about them because I feel like I know them so well. They're almost like friends more than characters. And that's not how I often feel about it. We, you know, both Nicole and I have written so many books that I don't often feel that way. But these characters are very, I don't know, I just, I just know them so well. I just feel like they're people I know. Does Georgie get a book? I have to know. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I know y'all wrote this a long time ago, so you may not remember, but during the editing process, was there anything that found itself on the cutting room floor that you can tell us about? I know that we cut stuff because that was one of our editorial notes, but I could not yeah, tell like, that Maybe was. not 500 I, pages. I, so I, we this. Yeah, <laughs> it was way too long. And I did the first round of cutting and I don't remember, you know, once you, because then we still have to read it like a million times after that. And I, I could yeah. not tell you. So obviously it didn't need to be there. Um, well, I that's always the, that's, it's so funny it. to me when people have like actual cuts and things, because my experience has always been that if you can remove it, it shouldn't be there in the first place. So it's, I don't, I don't, it's not, it doesn't feel precious in any way. It just kind of feels like, oh, it never yeah. should have been there. Although I do think it was a lot of skip stuff. I think there were more skip scenes. Actually, I just had the memory. There was, yeah, the one where, which I think is in the book, is when Skip and Emerson have their dinner. That was actually like three different scenes over the course of a time. Mm-hmm. And our editor was like, you don't, you know, it, you don't need to do that three times. So, yeah. I th- and I think that, I mean, I could be, again, maybe that's not exactly it, but there were a couple skip scenes where she's like, all of that yeah. is great, but it doesn't have to be three scenes. So then it was just like combining them, not necessarily like cutting huge things. It was just kind of combining and rearranging. Well, do you two have any favorite witchy films or fiction you'd like to shout out? I have yet to really find a witch thing I don't like. I mean, I just, I'm here for witches pretty much across the board. I don't know. What about you, Nicole? Um, my my absolute favorite is, um, well, I love any paranormal that Nora Roberts writes. Like her, like, sort of, like, vague paranormal where it feels very mm-hmm. real, but they're witches or whatever. So, like, that um, Three Sisters mm-hmm. Island trilogy. Um 
is one of my like all time favorites in any of her like magic y stuff. Um, and I also love Practical Magic, um, which I had kind of like mm-hmm. forgotten existed. Um, but it's been like kind of in the, you know, people talk about it now the past few years when fall rolls around. And I just sort of remembered how much when I went to see it in theaters when I was like in middle school or high school or whenever it came out, I was like in love with, you know, that movie. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to like ruin a witch thing. They're such interesting yeah. beings. I remember The Worst Witch. I loved that. I loved I loved all the bewitched shows I watched as a kid. I mean, there's just no, I don't think there's a witch I don't like. I mean, so are y'all going to check out the new Hocus Pocus or no? Oh, sure. When does it come I out? Does it come out soon? I think it does. Yeah. I think, yeah. Maybe we can watch it together. We can go on a pilgrimage. We're going, we're having little book events in Missouri and in Oregon. So we're actually going to see a bunch of each other in October. So maybe that'll be movie, which movies we could go see. That would be awesome. We we want to do a little game with you two called But Make It Witchy. We found titles of y'alls that we've enjoyed with some little blurbs. And we want you to rewrite the story, but make it witchy. So are you ready? Nicole, you are first. She discovered a body. He needs to keep her from learning the truth. Rewrite the lost heart triplet, but make it witchy. So the best thing about this is that well, now that I want to write like a paranormal intrigue, but um, but you know, an intrigue, which is what the love part triplet is, is um, you know, suspense. So like, oh gosh, the body could come back to life, you know. Um, um, I'm trying to think of. I wrote that book a million years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, any of them could be witches and have to like put the dead body back <laughs> back in the ground with a spell. <laughs> well, okay, Megan. Her father's will is excruciatingly clear. Marry or lose everything. Please rewrite willed to wed him, but make it witchy. Well, I think it would obviously have to, you know, have something to do with like Samhain. And it would have to, there'd be like, you have to do this by a certain festival. You'd have to like leap around bonfires, you know, see who had the best magic. There'd have to be lots of spells. Spells could, you know, it's present, so they'd be euphemistically sexy and then also actually sexy. So bring it on. Now I want to write witchy wills. All right, Nicole. Someone's watching them. Someone they'd never suspect. Summer stalker, but make it witchy. Obviously, I just want to add like, and he's a demon onto like the end of that that line. Um, but you know, <laughs> uh, but you know, it is funny because these do really make me want to go back and like rewrite like this book with like you know because there's a there's a boy in that book like the heroine has a son and I would like make him you know have these secret powers like a witch you know kind of power and you know would be their job yes. to sort of protect him. Um, which would be amazing and fun to write. But yeah, that that is how I would make it with you. Yeah, I have this mini series that Intrigue did once upon a time called The Shivers that had like a little bit of paranormal-ish vibes to them. And I'm like, okay, Intrigue, it's time. We want this to happen yeah. again. And I mean, I feel like you should you should be the runner for it, Nicole. I feel like you should be the runner I will. for it. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will give that a shot. We'll see. Well, Bree, you did a great job on this next one because I want to read this story. But Megan, the Vikings captive bonded by more than chains, the Vikings runaway concubine, but witchy. 
I mean, the thing is, it's like, first of all, I can't think of anything I want more than Harlequin historicals to be paranormal. And uh, I would love to lead that charge. Um, but like, how amazing would that be if there was, you know, paranormal Vikings? And then the question is like, which one of them has the powers? Like, is she actually a witch? And he thinks that he's, it's a very BDSM uh, historical as is. So like, does he think that he's in charge of her, but she actually just needs to like recover her spell book and then she's gonna take charge of that situation or is he like a viking warrior but actually the runes that he sort of flings about on his various things are enchanted i mean you could go in so many directions i want to go in these directions i want to read these directions i know (laughs) okay so big little spells is book two and from what we could see online, it's scheduled to release next August. Is there anything you can tell us about it? And just if you can talk about where the series is going from here. Yeah. So the book two is uh, Rebecca Wilde, um, who you meet at the end. Well, you hear about her throughout, but you meet her at the end, I guess, or throughout. I don't remember how many scenes she sort of shows up in dreams and things. Um, this uh, is Emerson's sister, right? Yes. This is her sister. Okay. This is her younger sister yeah. who... Um, when they were both in their, I guess, they, so it's like uh, Emerson was born, I believe, the first of the year, and Rebecca was born the last of the same year, last day of the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are, there's prophecies about them. And so, you know, the, the things that happened when Emerson was declared spelled in, and so was Rebecca, and Emerson was then mind wiped, and Rebecca left. So then we find out the circumstances under which Rebecca left. And all sorts of other good things. And I believe it's there's Beltane is in that book as well. Mm-hmm. So there's Beltane magic and all kinds of good things come from there. How much is when you're creating this paranormal world, how much of it is just like you all sitting down and like creating it how you want it to be versus like act like actually studying up on witches and like including some stuff but like also wanting it to be yours if that makes sense i would say both okay but i think that both nicole and i as far as i can tell have are pretty interested in witches anyway just like in a general way so i know i i feel like we've been interested in witches our whole lives so that sort of has come to the fore but then also we just and we've all we've both read about you know millions of books so i think that we just sort of are telling each other the story sometimes it seems like yeah I think um which actually that reminded me that one of my other favorite paranormal books when I was in my YA I don't know if it's BYA but the secret circle books which I can't remember who wrote those but it was like about teenage witches loved those so like back when I was like middle school or whatever reading those you know so you would I go to the library and get like a book on crystals or like you know spells or whatever so Megan's right like throughout our lives we've just kind of been you know looking at that stuff and I think when you're writing you're just kind of making it up on the fly but if you know that something already exists you might go like look at what that is or like if I know I want to use a crystal I might go be like okay what's a good crystal for protection or whatever and and see what Mm -hmm. it is so it's a big mix of like what I need it what I need the book to be or what I when I'm writing and what like I know already exists out there that I might be able to use to add details or enhance what's Mm -hmm. happening as we patiently wait for August to come out what else do you have coming out that you can share 
Um, well, I my next intrigue series starts at the end of this month, um, and it's a sick book series. The series name is Covert Cowboy Soldiers, I hope. And it's a six book series revolving around six military men who have kind of had to had their lives erased, and they are hiding out on a ranch in Wyoming, thinking nothing is going to happen in this, you know, dead end town, um, pretending to be real brothers. And of course, then there's a million crimes that they have to solve and many women that they have to fall in love with. Um, and that'll <laughs> be my next five, six books. And um, and then Megan and I are both in the next Jasper Creek collection, um, which is called The Combat Cowboy. And that will be out in April. Yeah, I have, um, I have uh, you know, a thousand names. So as M.M. Crane. Um, my second book in my um, Fortunes of Lost Lake series is coming out later this month. I'm excited about. And then as Caitlin Cruz, I have a lot of presents that are coming out um, sort of all the time. And then we have the, yes, the Jasper Creek book. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe it's just a bunch of presents and then hopefully some other stuff hopefully well where can everyone keep up with you online uh for hazel hazel has an instagram yep and a website and a facebook as do we <laughs> so you can find us in any <laughs> in any groupings that you'd like <laughs> all righty well thank you so much for letting us talk about this book with you we cannot wait for book two it was an incredible read and i can't wait to see where the series goes listeners we will make sure you check the show notes we'll have links to all the places where you can keep up with the megan crane and the nicole helm aka the hazel beck and if you have not gotten your copy of small town big magic go get your copy and read it it is incredible book one in the witch lore series aaron and i will chat with you in our next episode thank you for listening everyone have a lovely day